The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Steve Rizzo. He's a former comedian, a motivational speaker, and the author of a just-released book called Get Your Shift Together, How to Think, Laugh, and Enjoy Your Way to Success in Business and in Life. Welcome to the show, Steve. Thank you so much for having me, Jordan. I really appreciate it. Let's start with a little bit of your background. It's kind of an unusual background and how you got to, to write this book, and uh, then we'll start getting to the substance of the book. Sure. I um, started off as a stand-up comedian uh, quite a few years ago. I uh, headlined every comedy club in the country for 18 years. Uh, did a lot of TV stuff, HBO, Showtime, and uh, at the very pinnacle of my career, I had a change in direction, and I decided to become a uh, motivational speaker. Um, and I've been doing that for the past 15 years. Uh, I wrote the book primarily because when I, when I did leave stand-up, I realized um, all of my opening acts, uh, like Drew Carey and, and, and um, Dennis Miller, Rosie O'Donnell, and quite a few others, they opened for me, and I noticed they started passing me by. And uh, I couldn't understand why opportunity wasn't knocking on my door, and I realized all the while it was, I was just afraid to open the door. I came to the harsh conclusion that I was afraid of success and failure. So I went on a self-help quest to better myself. And uh, I must have read every book you can possibly think of, went to motivational seminars, Tony Robbins seminars, week seminars, and I noticed through the years a major shift started taking place inside of me, and my perspective on life started changing as well. Ironically, the comedy business really started getting very interested in me for TV and stuff, but uh, I really started losing interest in them. And uh, that's when I decided to become a, uh, a speaker. And those very tools that I used to turn my life around to combat the negative labels, the negativity, are the tools that I use today when I speak to corporate America. What were the reactions to people who saw you as a great comedian giving it up and going to become a motivational speaker? They thought I was out of my mind. Some of them still think I am. And, uh, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty tough for them to figure that out because, you see, you know, Jordan, it was strange because I didn't tell anyone that I was going through this transition, and it took years before I made that decision. Um, so to them, it was just a, 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 abrupt, and they just thought I was just someone that was just lost it and... Why would you want to leave, they said, when you were so close? In fact, those are the words I had with my roommate, Drew Carrier. Why would you want to leave now when you're so close? And I said, how could I be close if I don't want it anymore? So I, and they looked at it as if I was quitting, and I really wasn't quitting. I was just changing directions. And To me, right now, today, it's the best move I ever made. So, When people think of comedians, they think of uh, how glamour it is and how everybody's funny. You know, they're laughing at you and having like, a great time, and it's very kind of wonderful lifestyle. Is that, in fact, what it's like to be a successful comedian? 
Yes, it, it can be, and it depends on what level you're at. And I was reaching that pinnacle um, pretty fast towards the end. Uh, if you're a Jerry Seinfeld or one of those guys, yeah, it can be. It can be, you know, you're treated like royalty. Um, then you have the, uh, what I call the road warriors. Those are the guys that are still hitting the comedy clubs, you know, and doing five shows for maybe $3,000 a week or whatever, um, maybe not even. <clears throat> and um, that's a little bit more challenging. Um, but, um, you know, comedians are like everyone else. Uh, they have problems just like everyone else. Uh, uh, I think the thing that formulates the big problem for them is when they realize it really is show business. Uh, when you first start out in this business is, uh, wow, this is a trip. I'm on stage. I'm making people laugh, and uh, very few people are able to do this. And then all of a sudden you, you realize when you want to make it, and if you want to make a living out of it, 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 it's a business like any other business. And if, if anything, it's, it's more cutthroat than any other business. Um, so it's, it's challenging in, in that respect. If somebody wants to go into comedy today, a young person, uh, what would you advise them as to how to become successful at it? Um, it's a, that's, a, that's a great question. Number one, be very original, in, incredibly original. Don't, free, don't be afraid to be yourself. Do not, when you're first starting out, be afraid to fail. Your, your comedy greats, the greatest ones, have have bombed so many times at the beginning and that's the tough part that's what separates those who succeed from those who fail in this business and whatever you do when you're going on uh, like an audition night don't ever bring your friends and family at the beginning ever because it's one thing to bomb in front of total strangers but when your family's there it's really tough so i suggest don't ever do that and be as original as you possibly can and watch constantly watch the other comics Go to comedy clubs, sit down and watch how they, how they interact with the audience and watch their styles. And by doing that, you could really formulate your own style and have your own persona and do your own thing. And um, it's, it's, it's challenging in a lot of other respects, too, because some people work well if they're a little blue. Some people work well if they're not. And I say you have to find out who you really are. And if who you really are means you're going to be a little blue, then I highly suggest you do that. But if you're using foul language just to get laughs and you're hiding behind it, you're going to be cheating yourself. How has the Internet changed comedy today? And being able to see things on YouTube and people having their own websites with comedians, how has that changed from when you were in the business? Uh, tremendously, because um, now uh, comedians are being booked just by club owners going to the internet and say, hey, I want to book this guy, and they find out, and they get booked. Uh, they have followings. Um, now uh, comedians have their own uh, contacts on Facebook, and because of YouTube and all this other stuff, when they know they're coming to a club, uh, they just send out a blast and tell people they're going to be there, and um, that's what they do. Um, there's a woman by the name of Jeannie Robinson, um, very funny. She's a humorist incredibly squeaky clean humorist who just um, decided she didn't even know what YouTube was and someone said you should put some of your videos on YouTube and um, she's a member of the National Speakers Association and she's a Hall of Fame speaker and um, <laughs> she put it on YouTube and before you know it uh, she didn't realize it but her, her, her YouTube uh, videos went viral and as a result, someone who books people in theaters found out about it, and now she's selling out in theaters all over the South and the Midwest. 
So no, they're saying there aren't need for agents as there were in the past because the comedy club people can go directly to the speakers, to the humorists. Yeah, but you still need an agent for the big deals. You still need an agent for the big rooms for Vegas and all that other stuff. You really do. Um, if you're going to, if if you're really have the potential to make it big, you're you're crazy if you don't have an agent. I don't know anyone that doesn't. Yeah. Okay. So let's now go to um, real life. Not most people are not comedians. At least not professional are comedians. <laughs> um, your whole point of this book is that you can shift to a more positive, a happy way of looking at the world. What is most people's attitudes? Is most people happy and positive, or most people negative and, and kind of got a cloud over their head all the time? I think it's I, it, that's hard to say which which is most, but I think everyone has that negative side. It's just that some people live in that zone; they live in that negative zone, and they there really are people that see the the glass half empty. And surprisingly, so um, when I speak to sales groups, any kind of sales groups, there are a lot of people in that audience. It's amazing that they even took on that type of job. And uh, one of the things I say to sales groups is, uh, hey, you know, it's not it's not what's important. What you say to yourself when you make the sale is what's really important is what are you saying to yourself when you don't make the sale? When the ratio of no's outweigh the yes's, um, are you demeaning yourself? Are you getting into that, that funky zone where you're just saying, I can't believe this is happening. Everyone else seems to be doing good, and I'm here I am. I wanted to meet my quota from last year, and it doesn't look like I'm going to do that. And by doing that, um, you're making a tough situation worse, and you're not setting yourself up to succeed for the next sale. And um, actually, you can really uh, destroy a, a career that way. So what should somebody who's in sales, who's not doing it, who's getting a lot more no's and yeses, how should they handle it? you got to hand out that you're just always going to have more no's than yeses. And you have to look at it. You, you focus on what it is that you have. You focus on what's working rather fixating on what isn't working. If you're in a company for a while and you've been selling, the chances are you've had some great success, and that's what you need to focus on. You have to know that when you, there are going to be those times when it's not going to be as lucrative as it was. But um, if you hold on to that, that becomes um, your mindset. That becomes your belief system because most people don't know that your thoughts create your beliefs. The thoughts you have about anything in your life uh, formulate the beliefs that you have, and people don't realize that. The beliefs that you have about politics, the economy, uh, sex, the, your neighborhood, your family, your business, your customers, um, the beliefs you have in anything in your life are formulated over a period of time through a consistent way of thinking. So if you're going day in and day out with these negative thoughts and negative self-talk to yourself, you're going to create a negative belief system. So, and every morning when you go to work, your energy level is going to be rock bottom. And it can't be there when you're starting out the day. When you're trying to sell, it has to be really high. And, you know, you have to have that attitude like, well, you know what? If I didn't make this one, I'll get another one. I'll get another one. And sometimes you have to walk away and, uh, you know, just uh, chill out for a while and then go back to it. So if you've had a, a bad childhood, you've had a kind of negative upbringing and, you know, whatever went wrong in your early life went wrong, how can you overcome that and have a positive attitude going forward if you have that baggage uh, you have kind of create, hanging on you? You have to create healthier habits. And I, I wouldn't say I was raised poorly. My mom and dad were the greatest people in the world, but they were incredibly negative. There were always fights. And I'll give you an example. There were always, always fights in my family, arguments about money. Uh, you know, my father saying, I, I don't know where I'm going to, how I'm going to pay the bills. We're going we're gonna to have to move. We're going to have to sell the house. And 
that growing up i heard that and on an unconscious level i had this uh negative thing about money and now in my life when money is very abundant i still i still catch myself getting into that negative zone like where i have a little bit of a of a panic attack and i go well, wait a minute you know uh what if the stock market does this or what if i make the wrong move here and and i have to realize whoa that's one of those old habits are coming back so what you need to do to overcome these uh negative habits is to create healthier ones and um to reinforce that you are good enough, that you are smart enough, that you are worthy enough, whatever, whatever that, that negative thing was that you grew up with, you have to counter it. You have to become aware. And, and, and the way you become aware that um, something's not right in your world, let's just say you're trying to create, uh, you're trying to build your business, and you have all the information, you have all the knowledge and everything that you need to move forward. You have backing and everything, and then all of a sudden, halfway through, you hit a major hurdle. And then all of a sudden, instead of looking at it as a challenge, and challenges are something that everyone is confronted with in business, instead of saying, okay, what do I do to turn this around? What needs to be done to make this better? You panic, and you say, oh, my God, I shouldn't have done this. Why am I doing this? These are old habits coming back now. I knew I shouldn't have done this. I should have played it safe. Every time I try to get to this level, the same thing happens to me over and over again. What is wrong with me? You're setting yourself up to fail. So what I teach them to do is to create different habits. And the way you do that in that particular situation is that you have to become aware of what's happening to you. And the way you become aware, as soon as you know you're not feeling right, that's when you say, okay, I'm not feeling right. What's going on? What am I saying to myself to make me feel this way? Because your thoughts create your feelings also. So once you, feel, once you realize, you become aware, then now you're in a world of possibilities. Now you could say to yourself, what's going to happen to me if I, if I stay this way? What, what's going to happen to me if I keep feeling this way? I have a client to meet. I have another sale to make. I have an important day ahead of me. How am I going to respond to situations if I still hang on to this mood, this horrible feeling? So you shift your focus and your way of thinking, and you start creating, methodically start creating new ways of thinking that could make you feel better. And it could be something as simple as, hey, you know what? This is a challenge, as I just said earlier. Everyone's confronted with challenges. I know there's something within me that can beat this. Who can I go to that can help me with this? What do I need to do to turn this around? Maybe I'll just step aside for a little while, reevaluate it, and then go back to it. And okay. um, before you know it, answers start showing up. And Very good. Okay. We're, we're going to go to a break. Sure. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. Uh, my guest this hour is Steve Rizzo. Uh, he's a former comedian. As you, you've heard, he's been all over the place as a comedian. Now he's a motivational speaker. His latest book is called Get Your Shift Together, How to Think, Laugh, and Enjoy Your Way to Success in Business and in Life. We'll be back after this. Always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Everybody needs expert advice when they look to develop their personal brand. Join Rochelle McCrary for The Leader and the Muse. Rochelle and her guests will bring you practical tips and tools to help you build your brand in ways that propel you into greater personal and business success. For strategies, stories, and much more, tune in to the Voice America Business Channel every Friday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Leader and the Muse. 
and get ready to take your brand to the next level. Are you and your family in debt? Today, over 40% of American households are spending more than they make. And that means our society is getting deeper and deeper in debt. Escape the Debt Trap with host and attorney Kenneth Neely is here to help you avoid the problems involved with debt, including rebuilding credit, filing bankruptcy, short-selling your home, resolving IRS tax problems, and much more. Escape the Debt Trap airs live every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Steve Rizzo. He's a former comedian, a motivational speaker, and the author of a new book called Get Your Shift Together. Welcome back to the show, Steve. Thank you so much. You talk about uh, the change in direction kind of, uh, mentally that you made that you want other people to make, and you start with a quote from Albert Einstein saying, in the middle of difficulty uh, lies opportunity. What is the shift in the mindset that somebody who's seeing only challenges and not opportunity can make uh, to make the most of that uh, era of difficulty? Well, you're, first of all, you've got to know no matter what it is that you're getting into, there are going to be challenges, there's going to be difficulty. Um, the biggest shift you could make is not to take it personally, and most people do. Um, you know, we, we, I think we're here on this planet to experience, to learn, to grow, and become and our, our challenges are our greatest lessons, and, and how you experience any challenge will determine uh, what you learn. How you learn will determine how much you grow, and how you grow will determine who and what you become as a person. Um, every success person really knows that. That's what separates people who totally are successful and from those who consistently fail. That's one of the things is that successful people know they're going to have good times and bad times, um, uh, but they also know that... Um, um, it, it's not the end of the world when you have a bad time. And, and that's, that's one of the greatest things. That's one of the most important lessons I learned from truly successful, uh, optimistic, and happy people. Um, successful, optimistic people know that they're going to have good times and bad times. Uh, they, they, you know, they're not, um, they're not exempt from these things, but they uh, have this incredible way of shifting their focus and their way of thinking. They engage in activities, and they step away from, from those moments that are bringing them down or that are very challenging, and they uh, start focusing on uh, things that lift their spirits and bring them joy, and they, they bless the things that life are, has given them, and they always have this way of finding the laughter in between the tough times, um, and that's what keeps them positive and, and uplifting. It's, it's not taken personally. You often say that people worry about making mistakes. You have a quote saying, the biggest mistake a person can make is being afraid of making a mistake. 
Yeah. So how, how does that hold people back, and how can you overcome it when you have made a major mistake? You learn from it and not berate yourself. And, and, and even if you're reprimanded by, by upper management or a CEO or a vice president, you know, um, you, can't, you just can't hold on to that. Because if you do, the chances are you're going to make another mistake or you're going to be afraid to try to go further. You know, that's what, if, you, if you look at sports, I'm a big football fan, and if you, you talk to any, any quarterback or wide receiver, you know, I, I heard Eli Manning. I mean, Eli Manning had an interview a while back from the New York Giants, the quarterback, and every business person should listen to what he said because he just he said, well, when you threw, you know, interception after interception, you know, how did you feel? He goes, I, even though if I threw a lot in the game, he goes, I let it go. I don't bring it back to the bench with me because if I do, the chances are I'm really going to screw up. I can't hold on to it. You have to let it go. You try to learn from it. Why did I throw it there? How come this happened? And um, you just move forward, and you know, and you learn from it, and it makes you stronger. Every successful person has made a ton of mistakes in life. It's just that when you're the one making it, you don't look at it that way. You look at it like, man, I screwed up. But yeah, you Is screwed part of it up, the, the it team around you, the, the people around you, and your mentor and your coworkers, and how they react to what happened when something went wrong? Say that again. I'm sorry. Is it is part of the recovery process the way you interact with the people around you, your mentor, other team members, kind of how you react to the the mistake or the problem as a group? Absolutely, I, absolutely. I think so. Um, I think it's uh, if, if you could say, hey, man, I just screwed up again, and have everyone make a joke out of it, that really loosens the tension immediately. My very dear friend, Jeffrey Gittimer, um, a sales guru and, and the author of um, A Little Red Book of Selling, um, do you know what he does when someone in his organization makes a mistake? Celebrates it? He pays them $50. <laughs> he gives them $50 and says, sit down, what did you learn from it? And if they give him a great answer what they learned, he gives them another 100 I see. I think that's brilliant. I think that's mm-hmm. absolutely brilliant. And and they're not afraid to learn from it. And uh, I told them, heck, if I worked for you, I'd, perp- I'd be making mistakes all day. <laughs> <laughs> but it seems that in today's society, uh, you have lawyers ready to jump on you. There's government regulations telling you not to do anything wrong. Don't take any risk. It seems to be the message we're hearing all the time. Not take a risk and make a mistake. Yeah, you know what, I, and I think that's a shame, too, because that stifles creativity. That stifles productivity. And upper management is, is uh, I think, guilty of that in a lot of ways. You know, people are so afraid to be innovative and to be creative because they're afraid they're going to get reprimanded from the people upstairs. And I, that's a shame. That's what stifles business. That's what stifles growth and ideas. And uh, I, so, I would, so how do you counteract that? Say you're in a, a regulated industry. You're in the financial services industry. You're in the bank. You're in a utility, you're in the drug business, it's all highly regulated, and you've got regulators watching for every misstep you could possibly make, and you've got lawyers ready to jump on you. How do you exist in an environment like that and not be frightened out of your shadow to make a mistake? Well, you're, actually, you can't if those are the rules, and if you do make a mistake and you are going to get reprimanded, that's, that happens to be the job that you're in, and what you need to do is just to make the best of it with, with what you have. Make suggestions. I would suggest that. If you have an idea, before you make the mistake, bring the idea to someone someone in the hierarchy and say, this is what I think we should do. And if it doesn't work, then the person in the hierarchy gets in trouble for it. But there are jobs out there, unfortunately, Jordan, where people, where creativity, they, they tell them, look, this is what I want you to do and don't do anything else. And if that's not the job for you, then it's time to get another job. 
Mm-hmm. It just seems like a lot of people are, are in fear, but there's also people who are always willing to push the envelope. And you see one scandal after another, insider trading scandals or uh, just all kinds of things where they're going over the line and don't seem to worry about it. It seems like there needs to be some balance between that and being too scared. Yeah, no, yes, absolutely. I agree. I agree. And you had sometimes you do have to be a little creative. Um, but I, I think the thing that, that holds people back more is, is, is not the fact that they're going to get reprimanded from the hierarchy. There are people who are just afraid to make a mistake because they fear they're going to get ridiculed or uh, people are going to look at them as that they're just not good enough. And that comes from I, mostly from negative beliefs and labels that were instilled in them when they were children. You know, I, I, was, I was voted least likely to succeed in my senior class in high school, and I took that with me for a very long time. So mm-hmm. my philosophy in life was uh, don't try and you can't fail, and you don't have to feel the pain of rejection. So that was my thing, So especially with people of authority. Uh, you know, And if, even if I did try something, Jordan, and I didn't work out, forget it, I would never try again. I'd never. And I took it with me for a long time. Actually, comedy a lot is about uh, making fun of other people's mistakes and things not going the way they expect. Isn't that a, a core uh, way you, you laugh at people? Yeah, but, but, but in comedy, the, the real key and the healing power to that is that you're laughing off the fear that represents the mistake. Uh, don't get me wrong, there are comedians out there that just like ripping people apart, but the real essence of comedy and the real reason why most people laugh in an audience and when someone's talking about a blunder, is that they're laughing at extensions of themselves. Otherwise, they wouldn't be able to laugh if they couldn't relate to it. And that's where comedy is very healing. And that's what I try to tell people is to see the humor in your mistakes, see the humor in, um, in uh, tough situations. I, I, it was, uh, and I'm paraphrasing this, it was um, Thomas Edison who was asked by a, a little witty, sarcastic little reporter and said, well, how does it feel in uh, failing trying to make the light bulb 10,000 times? And it was a lull, and everyone looked at this reporter, and, and uh, uh, Thomas Edison went back and said, well, you know, I didn't fail. I just learned 10,000 ways on how not to make a light bulb. And everyone mm-hmm. laughed. Mm-hmm. See, that, that, that's where humor diffuses things. So when, how, how do you pick your targets uh, in humor so that uh, it it's, creates a laugh, but it's not too punishing, or just say beating up on somebody. It, it's you. You got to be careful with. It, that's the big. <laughs> that was my biggest challenge coming from the comedy or arena to the speaking forum because you you really have to be careful what you say and 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 how you say it and who you're saying it to. So I um I just talk about life in general. I talk about my own inadequacies. I uh, inadequacies. I talk about. Uh, uh, challenges in, uh, in in life in general with me, and um, and they people relate to it because they all have those same fears that I have or those same quirks that I have. And uh, one thing I will tell you, uh, no matter what group I'm speaking to, my first ten minutes I do nothing but make them laugh, and uh, I notice the entire audience just starts getting relaxed and they they can they're loosened up and. They get to trust me because they like me. That's what laughter does. You, you you're, you're making fun of yourself. You're making yourself a target. To it's some not extent. even making fun of it. Just talking. Yes, exactly. But it's talking about life's weird situations, and um, even even uh, I, I talk about the importance of laughter. Even in nine eleven, it was laughter that really saved us. Uh, that brought us back. It was three days later when David David Letterman and Jay Leno were cracking jokes about Osama bin Laden, and uh, it, it was 
challenging and it was daring, but it worked. People were laughing their their, their butts off, and it was mm-hmm. in the papers, in the headlines the next day. You know, uh, Osama gets bombarded by laughter from Leno and Letterman. And um, laughter does that. E- even in the midst of tragic situations, tough situations at work, sometimes only two seconds of laughter is all you need to catch your second wind or to 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 uh, decide that you're not going to give up. And, and laughter gives you that couple of seconds. Yeah, very good. Okay, we're going to take another break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Steve Rizzo. Uh, he's a former comedian, but he's still a comedian as well. Uh, he's a motivational speaker and uh, author of a new book called Get Your Shift Together. We'll be back after this. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Everybody needs expert advice when they look to develop their personal brand. Join Rochelle McCrary for The Leader and the Muse. Rochelle and her guests will bring you practical tips and tools to help you build your brand in ways that propel you into greater personal and business success. For strategies, stories, and much more, tune in to the Voice America Business Channel every Friday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Leader and the Muse. And get ready to take your brand to the next level. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Steve Rizzo. Uh, He's a former, and I would say also present comedian, uh, motivational speaker. Uh, His new book is called Get Your Shift Together, How to Think, Laugh, and Enjoy Your Way to Success in Business and in Life. Welcome back to the show, Steve. Thank you. Um, you talk about shifting into a happier mindset, and you kind of make it look like it's pretty easy to do. Just get rid of the negative stuff and think happy. But for a lot of people, that's really, really hard to do. What are some of the steps people can do beyond what we've already talk- talked about to shift into a happier mindset? Well, it's more, it's, it's more difficult for people today than ever to, to be happy because uh, most people are, are walking around and, and – focusing on what they don't have and what's not working in their lives rather than uh, fix it, uh, concentrating on what they do have and, and, on, and on their assets. It's very easy right now if I wanted to, and I can think of um, some of the things that happened to me in the past few days, um, uh, things that I thought were going to solidify, bookings and stuff. And if I wanted to focus on that, it can, it can put me into a bad mood if I wanted to, but I, I choose not to. I, when I feel myself going that way, I choose to shift my focus and my way of thinking. And everyone has the power to do this. And it starts as soon as you wake up in the morning. 
You know, your, your day starts as soon as you open up your eyes, and people don't realize that. As soon as you open up your eyes, you enter into consciousness. And it is, a, it, it is at that moment that your creativity is at its most powerful. You have an opportunity at that moment to steer your thoughts and your emotions in the direction that you want them to go. In other words, you can choose to seize the day or the day can seize you. I think you can agree, Jordan, that way too many people today, as soon as they open up their eyes, they, they immediately start focusing on the grueling day they had the day before, all the things that didn't work out, and now all the things that have to be done on the coming day, the people that they have to be confronted with, the traffic jam that they have to, and then they can't understand why their energy level is so low. And when you're starting a day at work, man, it has to be cranked. So I, I just remind people that when you open up your eyes, just focus on the things you're grateful for, whatever it may be. Maybe it's the person lying next to you, your children, the dog lying on the side of the bed. Think of the goals that you achieved and all that you have and that it's a brand-new day, and, and just focus on those things. Make that choice to do that. Don't allow any negativity to enter your brain. And um, I ask people to do that because gratitude is your most powerful connection that you have to this higher part of yourself, and we all want to start our days to that part and tell yourself you're going to enjoy the day. You, know? you say that you should make, make this kind of uh, thinking happy thoughts a habit. What are some specific things, in addition to what you just talked about, waking up and so on, that you can make it a habit that will last through the day? Well, the way you can make it, first of all, you have to realize that you have a negative habit. And my promise that I give people in that book is that uh, I promise you, if you use the attitude adjustment strategies in the book, you can be happier than you ever thought you could be. And it's just a matter of, as I said, uh, watch what you're thinking, watch what thoughts are going through your head throughout the day, because those thoughts are the very things that are going to make you um, miserable or happy throughout the day. Um, uh, there's a wonderful example of uh, Christopher Reeve in the book. And you would, he's paralyzed from the neck down. And his quote that totally blew me away, he goes, my life isn't what, it, what I thought it was going to be, but there is joy, there is love, and there is laughter. Now, here's a guy that insisted on shifting his focus and his way of thinking to focus on his assets, on what he had. And do you know, Jordan, I studied his life, and as you know, by reading the book, I met him, and I spent quite some time with him. He achieved more in the last nine years of his life before he died, since his accident, before he passed away, than most people could ever achieve in a lifetime. And he told me that happiness was not easy, but he also knew that it was a choice. And he knew the only choices that he could make was to focus on what he had, his children, his wife, that he still had a brain that was functioning. He said at any given moment, he could have switched his focus, and he could have focused on the fact that he can't move his arms. I, he couldn't even move his neck. The only thing he could move was his lips and his eyes, and that was it. And Pretty yeah, much amazing, yeah. Yeah, and, you, you, yeah, and I believe what one can do, we all can do. That's, you that's keep talking in the book about what you call the attitude adjustment strategy. Yeah. What are some of the attitude adjustment strategies that people can implement to go the direction you're talking about here? One of them, uh, as I said earlier, is to know that your thoughts create your life and uh, to make a, a conscious habit every day to shift the way that you're thinking, especially if you're getting in a low mood, a negative mood, if you're not feeling right and you have a goal that you're achieving and it's not working out the way you want and you're, not, you, you're getting into that negative zone, become aware and start shifting your, your, your way of thinking to healthier thoughts, more productive thoughts. Another one is to get... Uh, 
to um, get in tune with your humor being. Uh, everyone has a humor being within them. That's the part of you that brings out the best of you. To take time out throughout the day to see the laughter around you, it's everywhere. And uh, one person in one of my workshops says, well, you're a comedian. It's easy to be funny during stressful situations. I thought it was a great question. And my remark to him was, as I'm telling every one of your listeners, I'm not asking you to be the comedian or to be funny during a challenging situation. I'm asking you to see the funny in life that is all around you, and it's there. And the more you do this, the more you create these healthier habits, and you start taking control of the situation instead of the situation controlling you. What if you see the humor in the situation, but other people don't? They just see something that went wrong. How can you be funny and humorous if other people are not in that mood? Well, if it's going to help you, that's all that matters in that point. And, you, and that'll always happen. That happens a lot. That happens a whole lot. You know, there are people in life where the slightest little thing happens to them and they, they go out of their mind. You yeah. know, oh, my God, how could this happen? If you remember the story in the book that I have about the, uh, the, the young lady who I met at the beach sipping a cup of coffee, and she was just telling me a story on how her car. Now, this is a perfect example of happiness is a choice. It was a brand-new car wasn't working. She couldn't get it started. Most people would have had a fit. I can't believe this is happening to me, blah, blah, blah. So her neighbor, who's been living next to her for a couple of years, noticed that she was having a problem and took her to work. And she told me, she goes, you know, I've been living next to that woman for three years, and I've never even said hello to her. She took me to work. We became good friends, and we're going out to dinner uh, tonight to just to talk because we got along so good. She goes, yes, so I have a brand-new car that didn't start, but on the other hand, um, I made a new friend. And she goes, and I think that's a lot more important. Now, there's someone that shifted her focus. Mm -hmm. Most people would have went to work and said, do you believe this? I bought this new car, and it didn't work. And then she would have had people reinforcing the negativity. Oh, you're kidding. Oh, yeah, let me tell you what happened. And she'll relive that story. Most people would relive that story over and over again as if it just happened. And... That's what sets the tone for a bad mood, bad mood snowball, and it ruins your entire day. This woman shifted her focus and a way of thinking and took the positive at what have, could have been a very huge negative, and people need to do that in the workplace, especially in business. You talk about different syndromes that people get into, and one of them is the Eeyore syndrome. Yeah. Why don't you describe what that is and how people can get out of it? I, I also call it the droopy dog syndrome. Those are the people, especially in the workplace, and everyone knows them, because when I do this, when I speak, everyone starts laughing. That's the person that walks around and goes, oh, boy, I just knew this was going to happen. Everything has to happen to me. These are the people, Jordan, that could win $500 million in the lottery, and they go, oh, boy, now the government's going to take half, and I'll only wind up with $250 million. These people... You've got to get away from them, number one, because the chances are trying to help them out. They don't want to hear it because this is, this is the lifestyle that they choose. And uh, it's unfortunate there are people like that all over the place. Uh, they are un unable to shift their focus. They are unable to see the bright side. Uh, when I say unable, they choose not to. I, be I believe everyone has the ability to do that. But some people just don't want to, and that's just the way it is. So you're not able to turn around somebody who's in the ER syndrome, to make them happy. It's just impossible? I could if they would listen to what I was saying. Do you know, Jordan, when I'm speaking to people, and that's a great question you just asked, there are people in the audience, I can, it's amazing, too, because I could be speaking to, let's say, a 1,000 people. 999 are laughing and taking notes and nodding their heads in agreement. 
and there's that one person sitting somewhere with their hands, it could be male or female, with their hands clenched around their chest with a frown like, I, I am just so full of it, and, and you don't know my problems, and there's no way that I can be happy the way my life is now. And I don't want to pin these, pinpoint these people out, but I can see it, and I know what's going on in their minds. And um, you can give, you could tell a person that's in the dark room, um, hey, you know, if, and that person's screaming, I want light, I want light. Well, look, put your hand up. It's right there. All you have to do is put the hand and hit the switch. If they don't put their hand up and hit the switch, they're still going to be in the darkness. And, and that's the same thing with, with, with the, the tools that I give people. And I tell them, I can only give them to you. I can only give you the tools. I know they work. It's up to you as to whether you use them or not. It's up so to it has to come from the inside, you're saying. It, it really has to come from the inside of them. Yes. To make the shift, you you can give them the the tools, but they have to take them up. And so, so, so that person in the audience who's kind of resisting you, they just going to stay that way the whole time, or do you kind of eventually win them over? Um, there are some that I win over, but there are, I'll be honest, there are some. Every speaker goes through it. I, we we talk about it all the time. That just um, um, they don't want to hear it. They just don't want to hear it. And, and sometimes they come up to you after the program and say it. You know. Um, and it doesn't happen often, and I try to listen, and I try to give them a little bit more advice. And then there are those that come up to me and they say, you know, um, maybe I'll get an email a month later and say, hey, you changed my life. And I said, no, I didn't. I was only the spark that ignited the change, ignited the change. You changed your own life because you were smart enough to take the information, to, get, to, to use these tools, these attitude adjustment strategies. I only gave them to you. Yeah. It might be hard for a lot of people to to handle that <laughs> because I mean they they're they're almost determined to be negative in a certain way. Yeah, some people are more negative than others. I believe. Well, scientists have already proved it that some of us are born that there are negative genes. But um, I totally believe that you can create healthier thoughts to create a healthier belief system. And scientists are already proving right now too that your beliefs can counteract genes and create different ones. That's amazing. So if you are brought up in a happier situation, um, is it just easier to be happier going forward? You have great parents and you had wealth and wonderful education. Everything went well as a child. Then is it easier to be happier or, or is there a downside to that? Well, I, I think truly happy people, and when I say truly, I'm talking about people who are really happy. There are people that you see all the time who, who can put on a good front, but they're really not. But truly happy people just have a very optimistic perspective on life um for some reason you know they're the people that get caught in the rain with everyone else and they're on the elevator laughing and and four other people are so ticked off that they're soaking wet she's soaking wet too or he's soaking wet too but she just sees the humor on it wasn't that funny how that came down my wife is like that she's in, she's she's the most optimistic person i've ever met in my life i mean she just you know, just this morning she ran over. She bought a brand new canteen because she she's a dog trainer, so she takes it with her. And she ran it over with the truck, and she got out and she just started laughing her butt off. She just thought it was a funny thing. Most maybe people, she's been listening to you. Excuse me. Maybe she's been listening to you. Yeah, maybe she has. I actually, <laughs> she walks the talk better than I do. <laughs> Very good. All right, we're going to take another break. This is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Steve Rizzo, a former, and I would say present, comedian, uh, international speaker on motivational topics. His new book is called Get Your Shift Together. We'll be back after this. 
Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest is Steve Rizzo, a comedian and motivational speaker. His new book is called Get Your Shifts Together, and he's certainly made for an exciting show. He's brought down the entire house, literally in this case. How do you do these things, Steve? (laughs) Tons of energy. See what happens? It's a power outage. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we kind of have to sum up here, unfortunately, but uh, you say a happy man is too satisfied with the present to dwell too much on the future. How, what can people learn from that? Uh, can you say that again? Because you want to end it out there for a second. I'm sorry. This was the Albert Einstein quote you have at the end of your book saying, uh, a happy man is too satisfied with the present to dwell too much on the future. Oh, yeah. Uh, Happiness is in the moment. That's exactly what that means. You're, the only time you could ever be happy is in the moment. Too many people bring the past into the moment or they're worrying about the future and um, or they're feeling guilt about the past and it keeps you from living in the moment. And that's one of the keys that everyone in all walks of life needs to learn. Enjoy the moment. And, and to anybody in business, regardless of what business that you're in, enjoy the process to the goal. The process to the goal is, is it's where your life unfolds. It's where you're declaring yourself to the entire universe that you're ready, able, and capable to meet any challenge. And most people put their happiness on hold by saying, I'll be happy when. I'll be happy when I meet my sales goal. I'll be happy when the day is over. I'll be happy when the weekend gets here. I'll be happy when my boss respects me. I'll be happy when I make more money. And they leave the whole time, uh, the moment is gone because they're creating a mindset that signifies that happiness is someplace in the future. And that's impossible. It'll never happen because happiness will always be a couple of steps ahead of you. So we have about a minute to go. Kind of sum up what a difference it can make in people's lives if they uh, implement the shift you're talking about in your book, Get Your Shift Together. If you implement the shifts and the attitude adjustment strategies in the book, uh, you can be happier than you ever thought you could be. You can take more control of your challenges because you won't look at them and take them personally like the world is just throwing stuff at you. Uh, you will be a lot stronger emotionally, uh, uh, mentally, spiritually, and um, ultimately physically. You, you'll have fewer migraine headaches and upset stomachs, and you'll be able – the most important thing that the book gives is that uh, you – can make that choice every day to enjoy the process of whatever it is that you are trying to achieve. 
And when I say the process, that just doesn't mean your personal and professional goals. It also means taking the dog for a walk, cleaning the garage, whatever it is that you're doing. Life is a process. And uh, why let circumstances ruin your joy, your right to enjoy the process? Everyone has the capability of doing it. All right. Thanks so much, Steve. Uh, my guest really on the Money Answer Show has been uh, Steve Rizzo. He's a former comedian, motivational speaker. Uh, his book is called Get Your Shift Together. And thanks so much for being a guest on the Money Answer Show, Steve. My pleasure, my friend. You take care of yourself. Thanks again. And we'll be back with another edition of the Money Answer Show next week. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.